Chapter Twenty of Carpenter's Geographical Reader, Africa by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. About Lake Victoria. Before we go farther, let us stop and think just where we are. We have been traveling so fast that our brains have grown tired in trying to understand all we see. Everything is new and different from what we expected we are on the hot continent of africa and not far from the equator but the weather is pleasant and the breezes from lake victoria are cool we are on a high rolling plateau with mountains rising here and there far above it to the east and south is kilimanjaro so far away that we cannot see it it is one of the tallest mountains in africa and among the great mountains of the world although near the equator its top is crowned with perpetual snow farther northward between us and the coast is mount kenia almost as tall and on the west on the other side of uganda are the ruwenzori mountains which some say are quite as high if not higher than kilimanjaro itself all the land about us is far above the level of the sea it consists of rolling plains with gorges here and there running through them and great troughs and basins in which are some of the largest lakes of the world such as lake tanganyika lying between german east africa and the upper congo lake albert edward and lake albert on the west of uganda lake rudolph in british east africa and lake victoria the northern half of which belongs to the british and the southern half to the germans lake victoria is larger than lake huron almost three times the size of lake erie and next to lake superior the largest lake of the world its waters have a deep blue color when looked upon from a distance but they are as clear as crystal and sweet to the taste the banks of the lake are grassy hills and rugged rocks in some places near the shore the water is shallow and there we see beds of papyrus reeds the lairs of hippopotamuses and crocodiles there are many large islands some of which are inhabited by half-naked people and also floating islands of papyrus reeds patches which have been torn loose from the bed of the lake and moved to and fro with the current the british have steamers here and we make an excursion on one of them calling at the villages along the shore at some places the natives are fierce and we hardly dare land they stone us with slings and shake their spears at us at other ports the people are more friendly and we are treated to roast kid clotted milk bananas and sweet potatoes in Kavirondo, northeast of lake victoria the natives go naked although they twist iron wire about their arms necks and ankles as ornaments the women shave their heads they have bracelets of ivory and necklaces of shells in usoga the next province almost all the people are dressed the women wear bark petticoats and the men have clothes of bark or cotton in another province nearby the girls wear a string of beads about the waist until they are married when they put on bark cloth skirts on the west of the lake some of the people wear clothes of grass and skins we shall find new and odd costumes at every few miles the villages of this part of the world are much alike in Kavirondo, they are made up of little round huts with conical roofs thatched with grass and in usoga the ordinary house makes one think of a haycock there the villages are often surrounded with fences 
of thorn bushes to keep out the wild beasts and the houses are built in a circle about an enclosure where the cattle goats and sheep are kept at night they sometimes sleep in the huts with the people we see many such animals near the villages on the banks of the lake in our tour of the lake we first make our way to napoleon gulf at the north to visit the ripon falls where the waters flow out forming the birthplace of the nile the falls are not more than thirteen feet deep and the river below is about thirteen hundred feet wide here we can stand on the high banks and look down upon the nile at its beginning great fish are leaping high in the air and dark-skinned natives are standing upon the rocks spearing them with harpoons as they jump we are surrounded by green forest trees in which odd birds sing the rocks through which the waters flow are covered with white the guano of the cormorants and other birds which make their homes here we next cross lake victoria to the mouth of the kagara river the largest stream that flows into it and therefore said by some to be the real source of the nile we travel some distance up this river through lands inhabited by black people scantily dressed in skins and aprons of grass they are barefooted and bareheaded some have tattooed breasts and arms and others shave their heads in patches so as to leave rolls of hair on parts of the head they are excellent blacksmiths and we buy some of their spears and knives to take home as trophies nearer the lake are more people dressed in bark clothing and at one of our stops we have an opportunity to see how bark cloth is made the cloth comes from a stately tree with small green leaves a straight stem and many branches the bark is taken off by making two cuts around the trunk several feet apart and then a third cut down the trunk between them by this means a cylinder of bark is torn off in one piece the bark is now soaked in water until it is soft and then pounded flat on a smooth wooden log when the rough outer coat comes off leaving the soft inner coat which is almost as fine as woven cloth the color of the bark is now reddish brown it may be used as it is or dyed or decorated with patterns such cloth is worn by both men and women sometimes in gowns which fall to the feet sometimes in short petticoats and again as skirts and cloaks the ladies of uganda it is said like the rustle of their bark cloth dresses when they are new and stiff just as our ladies like that of silk skirts farther south along lake victoria in the german possessions the land is so fertile that it may some day be one of the granaries of africa the natives here are blacks with negro features and are the more ugly from their custom of knocking out their front teeth they have a sultan and also independent chiefs they dwell in villages of round thatched huts about five feet high with conical roofs each roof extends out so as to make a kind of porch above the house and there are often partitions inside the hut dividing the sleeping and other rooms sheep goats and chickens live with the family and the rooms are not very clean in some villages the houses are built in a circle at a fixed distance apart thorn hedges connecting them in such a way that they form an enclosure in which the cattle and sheep are kept at night the people sleep with wooden pillows on beds of skins or upon the floor they wear very little clothing some having only an apron of leather 
they have necklaces of crocodile teeth and cowrie shells and anklets of brass iron or copper some wear wide bands of ivory hollowed out of elephants tusks they use shields and spears for fighting and also bows and poison arrows everywhere we go we see the women working in the fields and more seldom the men in many of the african tribes the women do all the work but in some about the lower shores of lake victoria the husband goes out into the field while the wife cleans up the house and cooks breakfast she carries the breakfast with her to the fields and after the meal has been eaten joins her husband in the work a man may have as many wives as he can afford to buy six cows is considered a fair price for a girl and if the marriage is not satisfactory the wife can go back home provided her family return the cattle End of chapter 20